So do you guys know the movie My Cousin Vinny? It came out in 1992. So a year after I was born, right? I have been hearing about this movie for my entire life. But see all these people in chat going, no, 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 no. This is considered like one of the classic perfectly made movies. Like there's nothing wrong with it. It's one of those movies that it seems though every single person could watch and enjoy. As I've gotten older, I think I laugh less at other people's content. I find my own content hilarious, but other people's, like I find myself laughing less. But in this movie, I actually burst out laughing like four or five times. What's weird is when I reflect on the movie, not a lot happens really. It must be a short movie, like an hour and a half or something, but like, it's just really good. All the characters are good. The acting is good. The, the story is interesting. It's not the story that I thought it was going to be in the sense that because I've heard about it so many times over the all these years of my life, it made me have assumptions about what the story was going to be about. That was wrong. I thought this, the lawyer was a hotshot big lawyer who was his cousin or whatever, but he's not. Basically, if you're looking for something to watch, especially with the writer's track and all that stuff and the actor's track, check out some of these old classic movies. Definitely was worth the time to watch. Why did I watch it? I think I saw a clip of it somewhere and also Legal Eagle made a video about it, but I didn't watch that video. I just saw that it said he had a interview with the person who made My Cousin Vinny. But I have been trying to catch some of these more classic movies that I've just somehow avoided over the course of my life. And watching it, it does make me think, as I often say, will we eventually reach that point where we will just have so many perfect movies that you could effectively not watch anything new for your entire life and still be satisfied? <laughs> Kind of thing. The Devil's Advocate is a good classic. I have seen that one. I barely remember it, but I do remember it being an amazing movie too. So this person, the Disc Father, is showing a comparison of Nick Fury in the movie where he's sitting in a chair holding a gun, but the gun, in one scene, it shows him as you see him in the movie, holding the gun and in an office. And in the other picture is Nick Fury with a green screen behind him with a bunch of red dots. And his gun isn't real. It's also just covered in red dots showcasing how much of the movie is relying on visual effects. And so when I saw this, I was like, oh, so it's studios trying to cut costs. They don't want to build complicated sets or something. But this person, Possum Reviews, has a YouTube channel. I haven't seen any of their stuff, but I guess they review movies. He had a different take. I explained why this shit happens in my review of Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. It ain't for artistic reasons. The reason they use CGI for things that they don't need to be CGI is so they can change them at any point in post-production when executives inevitably demand changes based on market research or the censorship laws of other countries. You ever wonder why blood spurts are always CGI now? even though practical squibs have been around for decades and look much better. It's so they can just re-render the scene without blood when they need to get past censors in the overseas markets. It's also why they shoot movies the way they do now. Mod movies are shot for coverage, meaning they get as many angles as possible so they always have something to cut away to when they have to remove something or add in a pickup shot later. Have you ever watched a scene in a movie and wondered why it suddenly cuts to a random reaction shot that doesn't add anything? It's because they cut something out and had to cut away to something else for a second so you wouldn't see a jump cut. This is also the reason why cinematography sucks in big movies now. You need a bunch of close-up and inserts just for cutaway material to cover up jump cuts. And because you have to shoot this way, you can't plan out long shots with complex blocking and staging. You can't even light things creatively because if they decide to change it, the shadows need to match. This is a green screen shot in Cruella where if you brighten it, you can see how flat the lighting is. They probably didn't know what the background would be when they shot it. And yeah, so one scene, it's it's super dark and then you, you light it up and uh, yeah, looks weird. I thought that was very interesting. I don't really have anything to add to that. I wouldn't normally just add someone else's tweets to my rambles, but I thought that was very fascinating. When I saw this, it made me contrast with the movie that I just watched, which was Cousin Vinny, and all that was practical. 
There was no CGI then. What CGI existed in the 90s was obviously much more expensive and harder to implement. So you couldn't do this kind of stuff. So it all did feel real because it was real. Like obviously CGI has its place, right? But if used for this reason, where it's just trying to make it so you can change the movie after the fact, it seems so dumb. Or rather, it, like it's definitely impacting the quality of the movie. So many techniques of shooting and stuff not being, being able to be used just because you need to consider all the CGI you might need to make. Kind of like how GTA 5 is censored in other countries. I mean, GTA 5 is barely censored in other countries. It's just like the one torture scene that's removed. There's not really that much censorship around the game. Like a lot of places will remove like devil imagery and like skulls and demons and, and, and stuff related to witchcraft and stuff or change the name stuff. There's a lot of censorship kind of stuff that goes on. But in the case of things that are, I guess, animated or video games and whatnot, going back and changing something is not as difficult, I imagine. Like you just change the art models in the behind the scenes. But in movies with live action people, like you can't just bring them back and do some reshoots. Their schedules may not line up and you'd have to pay them a lot of money. But if you want to change like some ass on a card in a digital card game, sure, that may take the artist a little bit of time. You probably already got them on staff anyway, and you probably only need to make a few slight changes anyway. Yeah, same thing, but maybe less disruptive. Mass market appeal is why movies feel so shallow now. Yeah, possibly. I think it was less an issue in decades past, in part because it was so clear that the Western market was far more dominant in terms of like who was going to watch the movies. India, China were not as big in terms of watching movies and whatnot. They weren't as big markets. But obviously in the last 30 years, the rise of those regions mean that if you want to get the max amount of money, you have to make it so your movies can get into these markets as well. I mean, you see even YouTubers right now, like with Mr. Beast and whatnot, all trying to dub over their content or make it with uh, some consideration for those markets as well. Like Linus Tech Tips has his videos being dubbed and uh, put on Billy Billy, which is uh, the YouTube of China or whatever. To be honest with you, if I made this sort of content where that made sense to do, I'd probably do that as well. But because I produce so many videos and the content, if it was dubbed over, wouldn't make as much sense. It's just not worth it to do. I'm not a big enough creator where that makes sense yet. I've thought about doing that with facts and glitches, but it's hard enough doing what I do right now. But I could totally see at some point GTA 6 comes out. I'm 10 times the size I am now and I hire someone who speaks Spanish or whatever to dub at least facts and glitches or something. But one reason I, I'm hesitant to do that is because it feels so less personal. There's nothing creative about that necessarily. I'm interested in the business of what I do, but I'm also interested in the creative expression. Do I really want to appeal to markets I can't even speak to? Like literally can't speak to or understand? The entertainment industry is a, a weird business to be in chat. You're just translating feels corpo, like the content farm channels. Exactly, exactly. Like, but it'd still be me, but not me. It feels so weird. But like, obviously, if someone walks up to you and says, hey, uh, we can dub your content and give you a million dollars a year, you'd be like, okay. Like, who's going to say no to that? Especially if it changed nothing to my workflow. You'd be insane not to. Because obviously it wouldn't hurt anyone. It would just feel kind of creatively lifeless. So we ended here. Thank you for watching and joining me on my new channel. I wish you all the best.